Welcome to 30 Minute Worlds, a show where we create a fictional setting from prompt words in about 30 minutes. I'm Walter. I'm Zach. I'm Dan. And I'm Belvin. And this week it looks like I, Walter, am the lore lad, which means I get absolute creative control over the setting. Uh, they have to do whatever I say. Uh, they suggest prompt words to me and I get veto power over them. You know, that whole thing, you right. know. The normal uh, thing. This is also the start of season three. It's been a while since we've graced your ears last. And I believe there were several parliamentary reforms that have been enacted in the world building uh, Congress since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Chairman Belvin, if you would like to discuss. Oh, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Okay. Now you All remember right. the I, commoners got the right to vote. Uh, the lad gained absolute power. Didn't you read what, what was it? Fifteen goddamn books on improv. Listen to twenty improv. Yeah, no, that, I was just thinking. Get, wow, that's exactly what you don't do in improv. <laughs> no, no, he, was deposed. he was actually deposed in the interim, and then we did bring him back because it's true. He, we uh, needed a fourth person. Yeah, we we deposed yeah. Belvin uh, by lore lad mandate, and then. Well, he, he wrote himself back in cunningly. Well, Belvin lost the mandate of heaven, so... Walter, ask me that question again. I won't do that. <laughs> I won't make the mistake of doing that. The what, number one rule of comedy <laughs> is never do anything twice. Exactly. Do it three times. Three times. Six, which I won't okay, do either. Uh, <laughs> Again, we're going to... Change up the show format a little bit. We'll be picking the lore lad at the end of the episode, so they get a whole week to prepare. It also gives Chessmen conveniently a whole week to pick a prompt word ahead of time, uh, which will not be enough time, I can already predict. Wait, were we supposed to have mm-hmm. prompt words? Yeah. Yes. We hired oh. a data analyst, and he estimated we a, week a week for Chessmen. To think uh, of one word. Yeah. <laughs> we, we paid that guy like $30,000. Uh why would why a data analyst? Because we well, he, we we argued over and over again about how long it would take you to come up with a word. Because we were really curious uh what who's the best character in Star Trek the new generation. Oh I just wanted to learn how graphs work. That was pretty good. Uh. Different types of graphs, what they mean. Anyway, uh regardless, Chessman, you're on the spot. What's the word? Uh a week you've had. A, a week? I've had more than a week. Well, you've t- had more than a week. Uh, how about table? Table. Interesting. Dan, your thoughts in the form of one uh, word. Dan, the consummate professional. <laughs> we got Dan during has, the time when he's has getting left soup. <laughs> to oh, man. attend to his soup. He has left. Well, this nightmare, thing nightmare, will be nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your word? Nightmare three times? Uh, that might have been a good prompt, but it wasn't the one that I thought of, no. <laughs> What's the one you're thinking of? Uh, surveillance. Surveillance. Belbio. Um, manor. M-A-N-O-R. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. A so princely a manor, estate. An estate or a manor with a table <laughs> where surveillance features heavily. Just, but your, fir- your word was table? His word was table. There's different kinds of tables, Dan. I table this argument. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Wait, there are different kinds of tables. There is ending something, and there is a literal table, right? There's a water table. Uh, I've been told uh, there is. A table of elements. Table of contents. Table of contents. Yeah, all these are much more exciting than I first thought. Uh, Let's go with the least exciting one. What if there's a desk in this manner that surveys you? 
Spies oh. on you. <laughs> it's a spy table. <laughs> Just take the most literal interpretation of the words. I'm here for this. That's, yeah, I don't know. Why would uh, you want to use this table if it spies on you? What if it spies on other people? Yeah, okay. You know, maybe maybe we flip it so that it's useful and not right. <laughs> useless. Not, yeah. just, not just a voyeuristic table, which it's a different, I guess it's a manner, you know. It's now a super, I mean, it is a voyeuristic table. Okay, so we're basically. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a question of being a professional or just doing it for your enjoyment. Though. We got a scrying right. table. A scrying table. In a manner. That is kind of the talk of this whole town. Yeah, maybe people are invited over for dinner parties and they get to eat on the scrying table. Yeah, it was brought in from off from someplace. And, you know, the owner of the manor, they're pretty like eccentric and spent hours and hours hold up with that table in there. Night in, night out. Well, but so then there must be some limitation to how it can scry that would not make people instantly like very suspicious of this person and like do a witch hunt because that the reason spies are secret is because people don't want their secrets to come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. I mean, I'm just thinking at the dinner parties, maybe you don't see like specific information. Maybe it comes out more impressionistic. Maybe. Mm. Uh, does the table have to be in proximity to you? Yeah. Well, Melvin said scrying table. So I actually think it's more interesting if it doesn't have to be. In direct mm. proximity to you. It could be something that people pay to use to spy on people. I, I kind of like, because all these words are kind of, uh, well, two of the words call to mind, like, actually, like, a small town. Mm-hmm. I, I have an idea. Yeah. What if you, ha- once you are in the vicinity of the table, it kind of picks you up. Maybe it steals a sliver of your soul or something. Um, From okay. then on, it can, like, track you, it can scry you. Oh, so... Inviting people over is just a pretext to get more and more newcomers yes. yeah. uh, under the thrall of this fucking table. Yeah, if we and wanted... it's Master, who we should talk about, I think. Okay. Yeah, who's the lord of this manor? Or the... Tablerone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh. the old master of the manor died and his son came back from abroad with this mystical table that he invites people to dinner at and he's using it to spy on the townspeople. Well, the table's mm-hmm. in a locked room. It's not in the dinner. Uh, well, how do you like, sit people at it to steal their yeah, souls? Yeah, I think it's I, in the to, dining I room. Thought it, I thought you had to be kind of near it. I think it's cooler if people just like straight up eat on Like that. if you just enter the threshold of the house. Well, then why is it a table? I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It has to act like a table and not a magic mirror. I guess I imagined it more like a writing desk where you sit at it and you kind of see shit. Mm, I think it's cooler if it's like used like a table a lot. So Yeah, I think if you're using it to scry, like as the instrument of it, it needs to be like a writing desk. But if you're using it to like bring people to it to spy, like to make them like eligible to be spied upon, it needs to be Mm -hmm. like a dinner table. It's like in a dining room. I like that. And... Mm -hmm. What if the scrying power of the table, it kind of wanes over time unless that person's brought back? So you need to have these repeated sort of festivities mm. in order to keep right. people. Maybe. No, I like I mean, that idea. I like the idea of like the Lord of the Manor has to keep inviting like, I don't know, the 
the banker in town over even though he despises him because yeah even though he hates all these people he needs to know what they're doing he's spying on all the doings of the town that's cool mm-hmm. i i have an idea for what's like behind this magic yeah yeah we what is it is it that. an animal of some kind no i think uh <laughs> i think the foreign land that he gets from has basically like, like a soul wood uh, a magic wood that like i said kind of picks up slivers of souls and does magic things with them uh-huh. And the reason that this guy got this table is because there is an empire that kind of died out, but is looking to resuscitate itself. Um, and the way it's going to do that is by spreading these magical objects all around, gathering up slivers of people's souls with rewards along the way for people using them. And then the what the empire repo men come take your table and then they're back in business. Well, they, they, maybe the Lord is an agent. They can do something with all those slivers of souls or like all those people who are indentured. I think, I think yeah. it'd be cool if that were rumored, you know, to be happening. There's a lot of like xenophobia and paranoia surrounding this guy. Well, so I don't yeah. know how much of a character we want to make the aristocrat of the Lord of the Manor, but what if he is an agent of this empire that brought this table here to make like, Prepare the town to be taken over or something like that. Oh, yeah. I like it. I do like it if it's deliberate. So yeah. it's less a town and more of a city. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a place well, of value. If you want to dip into like this genre, I don't know what you call this genre. Maybe like maybe gothic. I have no idea of uh, like you could. It's a comedy of manners with a magical table and an oh. espionage sub. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Pulled. I just peeked because like I you just, like it. <laughs> it rocked hard. <laughs> uh, no, no. Maybe it's not. He's not an agent. Maybe his like uh, mistress is an agent or whatever. Oh, yes. Or like uh-huh. he, he married somebody while he was out. Oh, she decorated the dining room. That's playing into room. a lot of tropes. Yeah. But, let's make uh, it a man that he married. Now it's not true. Okay. Yeah, yeah there's less women in the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fixed this. Does that make you a bad listener? Well, it's 2021, so you can fuck off. <laughs> That's right, man. It's you a can't game, win. Lord. It's fine. Uh, and the hero's a woman. So him and his husband have this table. Uh, and they're from... Let's talk about the city, too, a little bit. And why this table... First of all, how do people know this table is fucking magic? Because it's not like he would want to spread word about it. Uh, I think when you look at it, it kind of gives you, like, vague impressionistic, like, facets of yourself, maybe. Like, maybe it's, like, you, or maybe it's something that's important to you, and only you can see it. Just, like, kind of a parlor trick type thing. Yeah. Could it be, like, like gold, like, scroll work or, like, leaf work that animates and, like, it, like... Kind of relays a story to you almost. Maybe. Like, uh, Maybe, but I was more thinking like, what? who did his husband fucking tell? Who was the leak originally that now people know? Oh, I think oh, no, it's, 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 Hold on, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You you don't have to leak that the, the table's true purpose. You just have to leak that it is somehow connected to the fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. And if it has soul shards in it, maybe they hold seances around the table. Like, oh, I like that. Yeah. There's one of these. I see, this I is see. a classic thing where, like, somebody brings back, somebody claims that they brought back something from the East or whatever. And then they. Yeah. Lord Blakely married Alistair Crowley, and he has this very nice table. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody thinks that it is a, like, it's a table that lets you talk to ghosts. They don't realize that ghosts are inside of us. <laughs> that we are ghosts. 
here, guys. That's what I enumerate on. Uh, that's kind of weird. This <laughs> Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Uh, so let's. Okay, so we have this character, the Baron, right? Who he's kind of the antagonist of this setting, and he's making a lot of things in the city. He's starting to get control of the reins because he knows the secrets of all the society people. Yeah, he can blackmail <laughs> everybody. And the party, or it's kind of a save save our city kind of environment, where things are taking a turn for the worse, and this one guy's amassing untold influence and power. Maybe there's like a magistrate who uh, is basically like he's in the Baron's pocket because the Baron's found out about his affair, and now the Baron's like practically above the law of the mm. land, even though he's kind of a foreigner. Right. I mean, anybody with that sort of information, ability to track it, would be able to use it. I mean, if, if they can't just openly move against him, which there would need to be a reason for that beyond just... Mm -hmm. Right. He's the kind of guy where a stranger comes into town and, like, interacts with him, and then somebody comes up to him and is like, don't, don't you know who that is? Exactly. And that's how he gets a lot of people, too, is he gets people who are uh, from out of town... And he's kind of a big figure in the city. He's like, you should come to my like party. And they're staying like a night or two in the city. But people who've mm -hmm. been in the city long enough know that things are, it's the city is being immiserated because of him. Mm. Hmm. So thinking about his husband, Broly. <laughs> Please God, we're don't gonna, call him Broly. <laughs> we're gonna like take away your power to name things <laughs> 15 <laughs> improv books and you can't Alistair do Broly. anything except <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Dragon, Dragon Ball Z references are the height of comedy I don't know what you're talking about hmm. you see YouTube I'm just thinking Chip Dixworth I mean, I, 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 okay Belvin's is better than <laughs> Chip Dixworth I want to bring in the larger world you know I, yeah, I kind of want to have a, hit, a whiff of the outside, you know. Mm -hmm. So you talked about the city being on the downturn to begin with. Well, what if like, what if this, uh, maybe it's like it has a sister city that recently fell to this foreign power that he is acting as an agent on behalf of. And so the mood in the city is kind of dire, but the nobles are basically coping with dinner parties and luxury and such things yeah here's a good idea because i love sister cities but you know what i love even more mm -hmm. twin cities uh like east berlin west berlin uh saint paul mm -hmm. minneapolis cities that are right adjacent to each other but for some reason are separate right maybe it's the furthest extent of the empire uh that he hails from and he's entertaining people here Meanwhile, he has a government across the river or whatever, across the DMZ right. in mm. the next door city uh, backing him up. So he has not only does he have influence, he also has like an escape route. Uh, so he's a very tricky oh. kind of person to even like interact with. So he is a spy. He is a spy. Yeah. And he's using this table and their love of parties and comedy <laughs> of manners. Bullshit. Can you stop saying comedy of manners? No. <laughs> it's a sort of Mask of the Red Death deal, but it's like yeah. a city under, like, not occupation, but division. Uh, yeah. Well, because of one map. Is there any, is there any other way that the conf this conflict is, like, being externalized with between the two cities? Like, it, there has to be something, like. I mean, I guess we have to pin down, like, why it is. I mean, we know that the Empire has designs on it, but, like, who is occupying each half of the city 
And like, what are the other uses of the soul wood? Uh, if it's being carted in from the Empire, right, Belvin? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's surely coming into play more and more in this city over which the Empire is exerting all this control. Yeah, right? um, I think there'd be other objects as well. Like maybe stockades. Mm. Like maybe a lot oh. of the prison el- prisoner elements who are putting stockades in the public square a lot. And they bring in new stockades that are made of this soul wood. Mm. So they, they now have uh, their soul hooks into all these criminals. And who negotiated that contract? The Baron. The Baron. Of course. <laughs> yeah, He's got his hands everywhere. His dirty fucking hands. In this... What if his manner is kind of in the... Uh, uh, I guess it wouldn't make sense if it's in the Empire part of the city. You would kind of want it to be in the more appealing right. part. The uh, West Berlin, if you will. Yeah, okay. Well, if we want to really push the West Berlin, East Berlin thing, and this makes sense with how we've set up the, the Baron's Town, you have like this very aristocratic city, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe this yeah. is a, a, a capital, or maybe this is just like in the same area as the capital, but all the, like, ruling class live there. A city of some history and grace, yeah. Like, maybe mm-hmm. it's like, uh, you know, D.C. kind of has a borough where, you know, all the rich people live. Exactly right. Um, where you live, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No. Um, and, and then the other side, uh, the edges of the empire, it's, like, really decrepit at this point. The empire is basically falling apart. It's real uh, dissolution of USSR hours. Like, doesn't oh. even feel unified. Um, but the, the warlocks who secretly ran the show are still trying to keep the show going. What if they, uh, mm. to kind of commodify it and make this wood really special, what if the wood is like, it? that makes sense why there's only like one table too, is what if the wood's very rare? Or the process... I think it needs to be created. Like, Yeah, the process for instilling wood with this power. What if it has to be grown in graveyards? Yeah, I was like, just thinking or that. Or come yeah. through great loss. The Empire yeah. mm-hmm. is waging war throughout the world to conquest things, and they have on battlefields grow these groves right. of trees to harvest the wood. Yeah, maybe this is the last of yeah. what they have left. And they're mm-hmm. uh, like just strategically placed. They, they, they have limited, limited stock limited and store. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. why is this one city that's really on the periphery of their empire, uh, or their fallen empire, why is it important to them? Because uh, oh, it's the gateway. It, this whole setup is important to them. Where that's true, they're uh, harvesting souls to basically get a foothold in the in this other mm-hmm. nation. Mm-hmm. This other, probably much smaller nation. Yeah, it could be like the port to the. It could be like Lisbon in Portugal or something. It could be the port to a new world or something that they have designs on. Lisbon. It's Portugal. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Hey, what if they don't have any fresh, <laughs> any warm water ports? <laughs> yeah, we have Afghanistan. <laughs> Dealing from <laughs> real history <laughs> to the point where... Yeah, I, right. It's Nerds. a good motivator. <laughs> mm. We can't do commerce, and we can't go to war on the water because we don't have any warm water ports. That would be ports. funny, actually, if they were like a vast Southlands kind of empire, mm. and the sea is to the north, and they're kind of hemmed in... Uh, by periphery countries on the south, and this city is a p- fantastic port city, at least the half that they're not in. It could be. I mean, I, I think hmm. they could have all kinds of motivations to want to take over a super wealthy town, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. 
So let's talk some more about some of the other characters, because this is kind of an adventure, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would think, and less of a whole world that we've built. Well, it's not a whole world, but it's a whole it's a whole city. It's a whole city and it hints at a world. So we can talk about districts of the city. We can talk about some of the characters they could interact with. What are we thinking here? Well, does the Baron have a foil? Is there somebody <laughs> like who... a comic foil? No, it could be like a, like a. I think it's burger. His like the mayor. foil is yeah. like the least uh, appealing. A per- person who's like noble but has never been invited to any party, <laughs> and now he's right. like, I knew it. <laughs> so he's actually kind of this repugnant uh, figure, uh, like a a recluse. Uh, he's a lout. Yeah, he's no. kind of a. Mm-hmm. Um, not a recluse. Or, yeah, a recluse, sure. Well, if he's not, going, it's a question of, is he not going to parties because he doesn't want to or because he's not invited? I think he's not invited because he's kind of boorish and like slovenly. And he technically does have a title of nobility okay, that like people don't want to hang out with. Humphrey Bogart kind of like, yeah. he's off-putting. An he's outside slob, man. But mm-hmm. damn it, he's clever. He's sharp. He's old money, mm-hmm. right? He's old money and he has a lot of connections, but just the Baron can't stand him. And the Baron can't stand him. Furthermore, he's tried to invite this guy once he realized this guy was catching on. But now this guy says no. So this guy cannot be spied on. Uh, Yeah, this guy hates parties. (laughs) Mm. Hates parties. (laughs) Oh, is he? Well, he would have liked to have been invited at first, but (laughs) now. Is this Ebenezer Scrooge? Is this Scrooge? Yeah, he's kind of a miserly kind of. Uh, I think he should be Scrooge. And he says, uh, (laughs) Bumbug. But he's being homophobic when he says that. Bumbug Scrooge, that's his name. Okay. So we have the Baron's immediate rival, right? Who's kind of this crank who the party can uh, rendezvous with. I like the idea there could be a um, a sort of maybe an ex-member of the constabulary who was invited to one of these parties. The, uh, The Baron learned a secret about him and basically used it to engineer his fall from grace. Like he blackmailed him uh, or like outed him basically in some way. Like maybe he, w- I don't know if he was taking money on the side or something, but he, he is no longer in a position of authority, but sort of knows the city well. Okay. Right. Okay. And the Baron has installed some new chick, let's say mm-hmm. into the position, or he's recommended some new chick into the position who, thanks to the Baron's connections, uh, pretty much assuredly got the job, and now it's implied that the city guard or constabulary taking orders from this one guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I feel like that's why he would engineer that is to put a mm. crony in place, basically. What is the constabulary? That the old, um, the fallen constabulary. What, what is he doing? Funny now? hats should they wear? <laughs> uh, the tricorn. He's a haberdasher. <laughs> that's great, actually. <laughs> Who is? The, con- the fallen constabulary. No, because he's like, uh, he had a job before and it wasn't haberdashery. He was yeah, being but a cop. <laughs> everybody has jobs before they lose their jobs and then they need another job. What if his brother oh. was a haberdasher and now he works in the haberdashery and he's very unsatisfied with his new position? Yeah, he's terrible yeah, at it. I do think for Mercury. any uh, swashbuckling or intrigue setting, the guards have to have really elaborate hats of some kind. Pentacorn hats. <laughs> it's Yo. not three tricorn. It's I, five I actually corn. think a pentacorn hat could be done. It'd be pretty good. Could be. No, I think there's a Brandon Sanderson character who wears 
one. Oh, well, then we can't do that. Zeptohorn? Well, uh, not since Walt <laughs> name <stealing>. dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we can. Um, what could be interesting? Just thinking how just with the scrying ability of the table, the bear is amassing all this power. Like maybe the Empire Warlocks kind of feel edged out. Like they have this big plot, but at this point, the Baron is almost a threat to them. Oh, yeah. They, they can still right. cash in their soul chips, basically, which we mm. haven't established what that does. Um, it's an interesting yeah. idea that like the, the spell casting class is in decline because you can make tools that do it and you don't have to constantly like, like give them mm. a positions of authority and power. Like maybe they, they found a way to grow some class found a way to grow this wood that they can use to shape items that are useful. Uh, you know what's interesting too in cities like this is having a vigilante as well stirring shit up. Is this the same person as the constabulary? Or? It could be, uh, or it could be implied that yeah. they uh, work for the Baron. They could be kind of a nebulous persona, but another person to investigate and Wait, figure out the, what the hell's up with them. The vigilante works for the Baron. He could. Huh. It could all be an op. I like the idea that the public perception in the city is that it is that he's just sort of working his own angle. Like, because mm. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that that could be the rumor. But like, I guess I'm, I'm not sure I actually want the vigilante to be working for the Baron. Uh, yeah, actually, I like vigilantism. I think that they should not work for this Dick Baron. Oh, vigilante could be a common man. Yeah. Mm. Common woman. Or maybe portrays themselves as a common person, but is one of the people who would actually be getting invited. Oh, but that's tricky. I think it makes sense. No, I think it makes sense if a vigilante worked for the Baron, actually, because they could have been operating before the Baron set up there and attended one of his parties, and now he knows who they are. And the threat of revealing a vigilante's identity can actually cause them to, like, make... Maybe he's in it more for the glory. Wait, so this vigilante is actual, fighting who? Uh, you know, common criminals, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's Batman. Okay. Wait, I don't know. Listen, no, that's an interesting idea, though, is that this crime-fighting figure is being blackmailed into working to advance the Baron's schemes in the city. Mm. Uh, and maybe the players initially approach him as kind of an ally. They're like, "Oh, we'll seek out uh, the White Star or whatever." And then he's like, you should have talked to the Baron. He will help you. <laughs> yeah. Is, is the Baron have him like, un, have, is the White Star under the Baron's thumb? Like, maybe. I think that's a neat angle if the vigilante is kind of like, he's kind of a heel where you originally think he's on your side and then he turns out mm -hmm. that he has his own motives. Yeah. So, like, the Baron has his crony in the constabulary as his, like, enforcer basically and then he has the vigilante mm -hmm. is like the means by which he delivers his blackmail and mm -hmm. moves surreptitiously no oh, yeah yeah that's true so the vigilante is also like an agent someone <laughs> has to leave talk, all those threatening letters on the desk let's the dead talk of night. more about this soul wood that you've come up with here yeah <laughs> i know you're into that yeah i'm um i just like the idea of all these different items kind of subtly drawing all these strings summing up all these uh, connections and influences on mm -hmm. behalf of the warlocks what happens when a little piece of your soul goes away or several little pieces how do you notice it do you I notice think you it? don't i think basically it just is a vulnerability 
Like now mm-hmm. you can kind of be controlled to a certain extent because someone has that piece of you. Maybe if you're a sensitive, if you're if you're like what these old these older magicians. Yeah, I, I guess it, it could be perceptible depending on who you are, but most people wouldn't notice because they're not connected with that part of themselves anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Controlled in what way? Obviously, if they're surveilling you, uh, they can control you just by learning your habits and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was kind of getting at, where, like, maybe the Baron, like, the idea is he just has this magical item and he has that so the Empire can gather up all these souls because he's, mm-hmm. he's incentivized to gather up all these souls. But he's amassed mm-hmm. so much power because he's such a savvy mother, son yeah. of the gun, uh, that the... the empire that's decrepit and just a few old warlocks at this point trying to <laughs> reclaim their glory i feel like they can't even take the city anymore because the baron has too much control because he's pulling so many strings there that they feel yeah. like they're being double crossed themselves i like that element too it's possible the players could find help from within the other city yeah well what's interesting is that the players oh. could like kind of have to choose between deciding with the empire or the baron like those are kind of the major factions <laughs> which sucks but well yeah. the unspoken third faction is the scrooge right guy. the scrooge is yeah. always there <laughs> so there's three ways to play and i i like the idea too of the the arbiter of the independent route which is what people usually like to go so much for in different things is like this unlikable shitty guy yeah i like yeah. that too where yeah. he's kind of this guy who's like man i really i don't want to hang out with him <laughs> <You suck. laughs> uh the power that the empire is amassed could come from the stockades they managed to put in like maybe their army is a lot of uh ne'er-do-wells mm-hmm. who are like stephen king style being harnessed <laughs> Oh, so it's like you spend time in the stockades and they, they literally gain the ability to order you around, right. control you. Yeah. Oh, shit. Wait, really? Right. Yeah, like puppets. Yeah. The oh, more okay. of someone's soul yeah. that you take away, the more suggestible they become if you have that part of their soul. Mm. That's why people stop kind of refusing his invitations to dinner parties, too, is you. Oh. He, he can kind of impress. Even if people know the Baron's up to no good, he still has tremendous social. Following there because he can kind of enthrall people to a certain degree. He has like a uh, a vampiric uh, influence, yeah. you know. Or he's glamour. got he's got uh, music that's that's just not it's not a uh, mainstream stuff. He's got UV posters. He's got- <laughs> he does yoga. Well, I, I very much like the idea of different magical items made of this soul wood that do different things. Like maybe there could be a like a coffin made out of soul wood that if you place a dead body in, it gives it like a limited like resurrection. Yeah, that's uh, like, oh, interesting. And it can tell its secrets to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it really brings it back from the life. Maybe you could talk to right, the dead. Right, but uh, you can speak. I like that a lot. I yeah. like the magic in the setting being used primarily to uh, advance worldly, yeah. like gather worldly power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could yeah. have like... um like a wooden like a music box uh that when you play it it like enthralls people basically mm-hmm. not in like it puts them into like a stupor like a daze um, you would have to make a music box for somebody or like maybe it maybe it it does enchant people but if you have their a shard of their soul in the music box it like oh uh, you can make it custom yeah yeah yeah. Oh, like oh and a bread box where if you just put an organic matter of the right size, it'll turn to bread if you close the lid on it. 
Yeah, it has to. It cannot be bigger Wait. than a bread box. <laughs> I, I I like that idea if it's used to get rid of incriminating. Yeah, people put like <laughs> evidence, like a murder weapon. In there. <laughs> you get a knife in the bread box. It becomes a quiche, crime. and now it's bread. <laughs> I actually, and I think it would be funny if a lot of these items are stored, or at least had been stored at one point at the Baron's Manor, right? Because he's kind of the entry point for the empire here. Right, maybe the Baron. City. Maybe the Baron had a lot and lost some. I don't know. He brought a lot. It's kind of more interesting if they like go off different places. You know, so I'm trying to think of how that. That's happened. true. That's true. What if there was a burglary that he, when he was not yet established, and a lot of his inventory maybe made it out into the city? Yeah, I like so that just idea. Like weird there. shit has been going on in this town that's already sort of nervous because the empire is looming over them. Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. oh, I like that too because they they can start out not knowing really about the Baron. Mm-hmm. And they can start out investing in a bunch of shit. Uh, like, we had this guy for murder, and we had the murder weapon, but now it's gone, and we don't know where it is. Or, you know, investigating trouble happening around town, and through resolving that, come to see the scope of what's actually happening. Right. And eventually be mm-hmm. able to employ those items for your own uses. Yeah, yeah, for your own nefarious piece of shit uses. So this is essentially... Like a weird science sort of paranormal investigation campaign. What is it that, with you and weird science? Because I've been, pulp I've been reading fiction. Savage Worlds. <laughs> okay, I, I've been, no, it's cool. It's it's a city on the brink of war that's been divided into different pieces where shadowy figures are at play to gain control it's of it. Great game shit. Yeah, there's magic items that have like thrown all the power dynamics into confusion. Uh, it's cool. I like Desperate it. old warlocks who are trying to get you to help them. Right, right. Okay, our listeners never side with the warlocks. Don't do it. Yeah, don't fucking do Come it. Come closer. No, they suck. Don't do it. <laughs> this, I think, I think we're in a good place to kick back, right? Oh, I think we kind found of a retrospective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we found a comfortable setting here, and I really like it. When this gets released as a as a Dungeons and Dragons adventure pass, do not side with the warlocks. This might be the first adventure we've ever done that's explicitly we typically build worlds on here. The Sunlit Seas one or Sunlit Skies. Oh that that one kind that of was did a, have sunlit one. Yeah, yeah. Explicitly. Sales. Sunlit sales. Sales. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sales. But I, I do agree with you. It's definitely one of the most uh, AP sort of campaigns we've done or uh, <laughs> settings we've done. I, I think, too, that city building is so much more fun than world building a lot of the time. Uh, I mean, when you look at like Discworld, half of Terry Pratchett's novels for Discworld are set in that one city <laughs> of Angmore Pork. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You get to actually develop places like it doesn't feel, it's less of a theme park, I guess. Right, and I think city building usually feels so much more real to people because we're in a primarily urban age. But anyway, well, the cities are dense. You get to interact with more people yeah. in more varied places and and things. You most places are empty. Like there's nobody for miles. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been thirty minute worlds. I've actually just rolled a dice now. To determine who the lore lad will be for next hey, week. You rolled the dice. I did. I did. Are you ready to hear? Her? You ready to hear who it is? Yeah, sure. Yes. Chessman, it's you. Oh, I rolled God. a one. 
Yeah. It's, <laughs> now you have two weeks to think of a prompt word. Now you one can't week. miss the next episode. It's only one week. It is. <laughs> yeah, but you have five weeks. I have seven weeks. And that's how long it took. I, Listeners, ooh. you have no idea the hell we went through trying to get that last app published. The censors. The, the government. They didn't want it to come out. Um, oh, and actually, with a view to that, uh, I guess we don't technically have a plan yet for when or how the uh, revisit, revisit is going to come out, but it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, folks, that's our show. If you like this episode, <laughs> you can subscribe to us on your podcasting service <laughs> of choice to get new episodes every Saturday. If you like, go ahead and write us a review on iTunes or Spotify and share us with all your world-building friends. It's a big help to us. Our art is courtesy of the talented and wonderful Shell Tor at Jovial Paradox on Twitter. You can tweet at us too at Lorelads or send us spirited hate mail at 30minuteworlds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, happy world building. Welcome to 30 Minute Worlds, a show where we create a fictional setting from prompt words in around about probably 30 minutes of time, I would say. I'm Walter. Hey, okay, we need to do that again because you didn't uh, you read the script. <laughs> How can we fuck it up? It's so simple. Uh, uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm Chessman. What? And I'm Dan. Uh, can we start over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're starting over now. We are, actually. Uh, all right. Three, two, one. No, you don't need to clap again. Yeah. You. Okay. Three, two, one. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you Pavlov's dog. You. Me. <laughs> I knew we couldn't do that simple thing. I knew we could not do a simple read. <laughs> Welcome to 30 Minute Worlds, a show where we create fictional or a fictional setting from prompt words in about 30 minutes. I'm Walter. I'm Dan. Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Dan! At this point, this is the funnier bit, I think. No, it's actually not. Especially because I foretold this exact thing would happen. (laughs) It's, well, if you want the opening read to be different. You should tell me what the opening read should be. You motherfucker. Since you're the lore okay. lad. Welcome to 30 Minute Worlds, a show where we create a fictional setting from prompt words. About 30 30- minutes.